Good afternoon, dear guests, uh, which are connected online in this uh, virtual environment. Uh, welcome, uh, dear guest speakers, who are going to be a panelist on today's last panel discussions, which is going to be uh, the part of uh, the virtual uh, tech summit. Uh, it is my pleasure to welcome you all and uh, hope you will enjoy the conversation, which will be in accordance to me uh, that much important and interesting. Uh, which is uh, the last but not least at the end of the day. So uh, the thesis of uh, today's panel discussion is going to be uh, the labor market in a crisis. Uh, my name is Katarina Hazukova. I'm an independent environmental analyst and uh, an expert on innovative education, cooperating with uh, institutions like uh, State Institute for Vocational Education and Training, working on uh, the lecturing of teachers uh, in, uh, in innovative teaching methods and uh, in, uh, uh, in uh, transposing uh, uh, the, the innovation and uh, technology in, in the curricula and in the state and uh, school education systems. It is my great pleasure to introduce our today guest speakers. Um, uh, on my left hand, when I see uh, the virtual environment, it's uh, Soren Peters. Uh, from Denmark. So, as you can see, uh, today's topic, we are going to speak, of course, about the COVID. In terms of labor market crisis, uh, it is, uh, uh, it is uh, uh, transferring or it is, it is moving across uh, uh, the borders. So, it is another global phenomenon. There have been another panel discussions in uh, uh, yesterday and uh, today morning which you uh, have an opportunity to see the discussions uh, which, been, which have been talking about another global phenomenon, uh, like uh, Mr. Miko, he was speaking about the Green Deal, which is uh, the case of uh, another global, uh, uh, global phenomenon like uh, climate change, but today we are going to speak about the uh, COVID crisis. So uh, please, uh, uh, again, I'm coming back to the, our guest speakers, Soren Peters from Denmark. Welcome, Soren. Uh, Martin Vanyo uh, from uh, uh, Slovakia, uh, Chief Economist from Mazars. Welcome, Martin. Uh, now we have uh, another guest speaker, which is Lubos uh, Libor Besheni, which is the CEO of uh, the X. Uh, uh, X uh, X Solution Company. And last but not least, we have, of course, Roman Karlubik, which is the president of uh, Association of uh, Employment uh, Industry or of Employers of Slovakia, AZZ. AZZ. So uh, welcome the speakers on this floor, and uh, uh, I will shortly introduce uh, now uh, the thesis of our panel. So nowadays we are speaking about uh, the COVID crisis uh, uh, of those who have, who have heard uh, previous discuss discussions is nothing new that uh, maybe it's a rare phenomenon uh, occurring uh, uh, once in, uh, in a few years, but it has a great potential, disruptive potential, and it has, it has a great impact not only on the health system, but also the economic one and the social one. These are the basic aspects we would like to discuss in today's uh, discussion. And of course, it is related uh, to certain uh, to certain sectors and uh, to certain uh, segments of uh, of the economy. And now we have we have here uh, uh, the experts uh, who are going to 
uh, respond uh, to uh, to these uh, to these challenges, uh, uh, respective uh, to their field of specialization, and respective to my questions, which I'm trying to uh, pose uh, to you all. So, um, first of all, the COVID crisis. Um, it is perceived uh, by many uh, experts, many companies, uh, by uh, global surveys and uh, uh, global uh, data uh, analysts uh, that it may bring some uh, changes uh, to the economies, to the societies, to the labor market, to the employment services, employment services, but also it uh, may uh, cause some disruptions. So. Uh, uh, not all of the players which I mentioned in here in this field are going to survive the crisis. And um, uh, our panel is going to discuss the solutions and the impacts uh, which, will, uh, uh, which will occur in these uh, specific uh, fields and uh, these uh, this segments. So, first of all, I would like uh, uh, to mention that uh, uh, this so-called black swan uh, disruption, which occurs once in, uh, in many years, uh, the last uh, such disruptions was in 2005, as well as we all remember, uh, can cause uh, really a significant changes also in, uh, in the way how uh, the business, uh, businesses operate. Uh, the changes, it, it may uh, change their business models, uh, it may uh, create opportunities to innovate uh, uh, for companies to uh, invest more in innovation, to invest more in uh, solutions like uh, technological solutions like uh, uh, 5G uh, connections, like um, um, uh, artificial intelligence solution based on uh, on the on a blockchain architecture on uh, robotics and uh, and other aspects there are many things to be discussed but uh, uh, let's see how the, the companies are going to cope with this challenge because uh, not all the companies are at the same playing field of course and uh, some uh, of those companies which uh, had already a chance to invest and uh, uh, to invest capital expenditures uh, to uh, to the robotics and to, to artificial intelligence, maybe gradually. But this is also something which can be discussed because uh, um, deployment of artificial intelligence and the robotics is uh, rather a case of uh, the sudden event. That's why I'm uh, talking about the black swan and the, the current COVID crisis. But those who haven't done yet, uh, they might have. Uh, completely different environment or the living playing field, how to start, uh, how to invest, and uh, how to find uh, skilled personnel uh, in their companies uh, to, um, uh, to take a lead, uh, to take an example to educate uh, another employees, which may be in the, uh, in the, in the same time, uh, which may be uh, they, they may uh, remain at the, at the uh, remote locations at homes and the, at the remote work workstations if uh, this is being supported uh, by the companies. This is uh, also not a very certain thing. So uh, I would like to ask you, for instance, Martin, uh, mm, you are an analyst. You work uh, for uh, Mazars uh, Slovakia. Uh, by the way, it is uh, the company or um, the consultancy company which uh, has a global outreach. Uh, could you please compare uh, uh, the global environment uh, to the Central European region and to the Slovak region? What could be exactly um, a possible impact uh, 
if you may uh, say uh, to some selected sectors uh, where we can expect the major uh, affection like the healthcare services or maybe uh, the education maybe the manufacturing services and uh, uh, could you please have a, uh, give uh, provide us with a certain prediction uh, uh, for possible investors or uh, for uh, possible decision makers in a company companies where to focus attention to what would be uh, the best case scenario for them uh, not to lose that much uh, uh, capital not to lose that much uh, uh, human capital not only the financial uh, could you please elaborate a little bit on this good afternoon thank you very much for invitation uh, so First of all, when it comes to the impact of the COVID crisis on the labor market, not only in Central and Eastern Europe, I would like to emphasize that this crisis will only unearth, to an extent, it will be uh, transformative, but uh, let's remind ourselves that to major extent, this crisis, when it comes to the labor market, will simply speed up some of the processes that we have uh, been witnessing, uh, most importantly the ongoing automation and robotization of uh, economy, economy and especially the labor market. So when it comes to the impacts, uh, short-term impacts are various. Uh, the service sector, uh, Industries like hotels and restaurants, obviously, uh, that's one of those areas from which we have already seen a significant increase of unemployment, basically for very simple reason. Uh, if due to the uh, preventive measures, the hotels and restaurants are forced to shut down, their revenues are, in the case of hotels, technically zero, provided they are able to do some long-term bookings. I've seen hotels that uh, made initiatives, don't cancel your stay, just shift the date of your stay, and that uh, is applicable for spa treatments or these wellness hotels. But other than that, the, the hotels are now uh, running dry when it comes to revenues, and that has very clear implications when it comes to the uh, employment. So uh, this is one of those extreme examples of uh, industries where the preventive measures related to uh, COVID have led to, I dare to say, uh, significant uh, unemployment, uh, partly due to the fact that even though the hotel operators do understand that uh, the, the business will revive later this year, uh, we are not sure in how many weeks or months, they also understand that for them it's important to be ready for that period when the business will start kicking in again in a good uh, financial condition and therefore they are not really ready to carry on the burden of uh, continuing to employ uh, variable or the employees who are variable cost uh, throughout this difficult time. Then there is more on the spectrum of extreme impact, extreme negative impact, restaurants. Uh, restaurants again have taken a massive, massive hit uh, to their uh, revenues, tried to, in many cases, to uh, compensate for it by the delivery services, but 
what I'm hearing from uh, small and medium-sized uh, entrepreneurs in Slovakia, even if you really try hard, uh, this can cover uh, something like 10% of the revenues of during the normal operation, I mean, the, the delivery services. So it does provide a certain uh, cash flow, but anyway, it does not enable you to sustain the employment at the previous levels. Uh, therefore, it's not surprising that we have seen in Central Europe so far, we don't have the data from Slovakia, but I would expect them to be similar as in the Czech Republic uh, or in the neighboring Austria, where the unemployment due to COVID increased significantly. And that's exactly because of this, uh, these sectors that were hit most severely. Uh, one should be reminded when we speak about the preventive measures or the compensating measures to provide liquidity to entrepreneurs, uh, Entrepreneurs should not be treated as, uh, or, uh, as, as as people who don't know what they are doing. They do understand that in the situation where your revenue stream is close to zero, you have no other choice than to do something about your cost. And no compensation scheme from the government uh, can compensate for that. Therefore, uh, for example, the country like Austria, which has a significant uh, hotel and restaurant leisure business, have seen in the two weeks of March, last two weeks of March, unemployment jumping from 300,000 to over 560,000. Basically, in two weeks, when these preventive measures related to COVID kicked in, the unemployment went from 4.4% up to over 12%, the highest level since 1946, the highest level in almost uh, 75 uh, years and that's we are talking about the country which has allocated 38 billion euros to the liquidity assistance to the business sector and which has uh, rather effective so-called Kurzarbeit scheme so again this just uh, reminds that this assistant measures for, for for the labor market are important but they do play important role for companies where the human capital is carrying irreplaceable, unique qualification. Uh, here we speak, uh, for example, about some of the manufacturers or advanced manufacturers, including some of the Slovak automotive factories, which are assembling those cars which are on the high-end spectrum of the um, cost and therefore associated sophistication of the of the production and for for these the decision whether to lay off people or whether to try to carry them over this difficult uh, two months we don't know if it might be uh, more there the, the assistance measures uh, do make uh, more sense and they could prevent uh, the, the disruptive disruptive moves in the labor market uh, but just to sum up this introductory, uh, introductory contribution, then one has to keep in mind industries where the loss of jobs would have happened in any case just because of this COVID crisis and this process will accelerate and the automation and robotization will kick in uh, maybe faster uh, than it would uh, under uh, uh, standard uh, situation. And also just to sum up as we are here to discuss the impact on the labor market, 
what we are experiencing and therefore we should treat it with a adequate, let's say, academic respect has not been seen before. As you have mentioned, Katarina, uh, we, especially in China, in East Asia, uh, we have seen several pandemics over the past uh, 30 years. We've seen the swine flu, we've seen the uh, H1N1, we've seen the SARS virus. Uh, this time it's different because of the extent of the spread of this virus, uh, but also because of the extent of the preventive measures taken to contain it. Already in China, I mean, China have seen the sales of cars dropping by 80% in February. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised to see a very similar pattern in Slovakia, China in February, which was the worst case in terms of preventive measures, have seen a 23% drop in the retail sales. We shouldn't be surprised to see over 20% drop uh, in uh, retail activity. Uh, also in Central Europe, actually, we do have preliminary data for the second half of March, which showed that the sales of uh, textiles and clothing were down by 80%. Uh, the sales of groceries, sales in pharmacies did increase. Online uh, food delivery went through the roof, increased by uh, over 200% from the data for the second half of the, the March. So we do see uh, the dynamic uh, change, but just to underline how unprecedented uh, event we live from the viewpoint of the labor market. The previous recession in the U.S. in 2008 and 2009, it's, um, it's dated from the December 2007 until the third quarter 2009, and during those more than one and a half years, the U.S. labor market lost in total nine million jobs. In the three weeks of this extreme uh, preventive measures, so the second half of March and the first week of April, the U.S. labor market shed uh, 16 million jobs. 16 million jobs in the first three weeks, and that's not the end, I'm uh, afraid to say. So when we look at the labor market on one, one side, um, the, the acceleration of this automation and robotization uh, trends and processes is something that would have been inevitable. The big difference is if that process would be uh, spread out over the longer period or if it happens as it does uh, nowadays uh, in a one uh, shock uh, dose. Um, so it, 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 it's something worth uh, paying more attention. Also what's uh, worth uh, paying more attention to is what shall we do with those people who would not be able to return back to their jobs after this uh, crisis subsided because of the transformation of their businesses or because of uh, speeding, speeded up uh, robotization and auto automation. So uh, certainly that's something worth paying attention to. And just one last remark, this is, not, this is important not only from the viewpoint of the consumption, not only from the viewpoint of the domestic demand, it's also uh, rather important from the viewpoint of um, social cohesion. 
and political stability. And uh, here, uh, unfortunately, crises like this, I wouldn't like to draw the, the worst case scenarios, uh, but let's be reminded that um, uh, Spanish flu in 2018 preceded uh, the Great uh, Recession uh, in, uh, at the end of the uh, 20s, and that, uh, that economic disturbance which led to significant pain on the labor market uh, did not uh, end well, and I would not, uh, I would not underestimate uh, the negative impact of the current development in the labor market on the political stability, not only in Central Europe, but worldwide. Hmm. Okay, thank you, Martin. I think uh, our panel discussion is interesting from the point of view that uh, we don't have to, uh, we don't want to focus uh, that much on the political stability, which is uh, very volatile also in our country. Uh, nowadays, uh, because of course uh, there have been uh, adopted uh, some legislation, Lex Corona, uh, which uh, is specifying some uh, uh, some the package of the measures uh, in order to support uh, the companies, in order to support the entrepreneurs, in order to support the industry. But uh, we cannot uh, expect uh, uh, this package is going to fulfill all the needs which we have in a society. As I mentioned at the beginning, uh, uh, the COVID crisis is not just the economic um, concern, but also the social one. So uh, we have to find uh, uh, solutions, how to handle it. And uh, the technology and uh, automation and the robotics might be possibly useful in order to help, help this in a combination with the proper education. Because we need a skilled people. Um, Oh, thank you very much for uh, what you mentioned, that the, the services sector is going to be probably infected the most. Uh, but uh, when it comes to the manufacturing sector and the automotive industry, for instance, there is also not the same level playing field. Some of uh, uh, the heavy in the investors in education and uh, in automotion and robotics uh, throughout the previous years, uh, such as Volkswagen company, uh, they created a dual academy and they are trying to uh, continue uh, work in a, in a, in a dual uh, environment, in a dual system, uh, not from the educational point of view, but from the practical point of view. Uh, they uh, invested in robotics, so they have some automations all going, but also they offer online courses for their employees and requalifications for people who are interested to work in a segment in order to uh, be up to date with their skills and in order to contribute to the quality of the workforce. Now, um, the question is whether uh, another uh, companies or another um, institutions would be um, willing or would have all those necessary resources uh, to follow their suit or to continue this trajectory because it might be in a, uh, in a middle and uh, in a long term more successful than uh, make some uh, sudden uh, changes in a company and uh, to get rid of the employees. Uh, to, uh, 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 they try to solve the dilemma either to hire or to fire. Okay, so if some employees are not uh, have difficulties uh, to remain in the company in the meantime, they can take time. They, there are some government measures. They can uh, receive a, um, 
not the full uh, salary they had uh, previously in the company, but there is a some support scheme. They can invest their free time in education and requalifications. But the question is, uh, uh, is this uh, model uh, affordable to, uh, uh, to another institutions, to another companies? All of the schools in Slovakia were closed. Uh, the students, uh, they rely on their parents and on their uh, digital uh, facilities uh, like uh, internet, uh, nothing very complicated, uh, uh, whether they have connections uh, to internet from home or not. And this is going to um, have an impact on the final outcomes, whether they will be able to follow uh, the education, the school curricula, which they will need uh, to their examinations, the yearly examinations, and this is uh, quite questionable. Now, I would like to ask you, Roman Karlubik uh, uh, from uh, Vice President of the Association of um, Employment Industry in Slovakia. Uh, you have um, your, um, uh, your experts, experts are present uh, at the ministerial uh, discussions and negotiations. Uh, when it comes uh, to the school curricula, you have also the presence in, uh, uh, in the um, secondary uh, vocational education uh, institutions. Uh, uh, what, is your, what is your point of view on, on the situation? Is this crisis going to reveal what has already been, uh, um, what has already started, uh, which reforms has already started in Slovakia in terms of education and uh, the connection to, uh, uh, to the labor market or is it going to change the situation somehow? And if yes, please uh, try to uh, share with us uh, what uh, what could be the differences and uh, how you think this uh, could be handled. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, everybody, once again. Uh, actually, the topic is uh, impact of uh, this crisis on the labor market. And I'm afraid uh, we have to start a little bit from the beginning because um, most important thing is actually if we are able especially developed uh, our society in the developed countries to take a lesson from this crisis and actually what is the difference what we, mr vanya was talking uh, and it's quite important uh, uh, because he was talking also about that there were similar, um, let's say, situation in SARS uh, and all other viruses and so on. But uh, the difference, I mean, not medical uh, difference, uh, but uh, let's say a little bit shock for societies in developed countries is that, oh, now even very highly developed society in Europe or in states are very heavily impacted or is very heavily impacted. Yeah. And this is quite a big shock. And uh, it's showing us actually how vulnerable the system is. This system is not only system economical, political, social of highly developed or top societies in the world, yes, but generally. And if we can take a lesson somehow to improve 
because this impact of uh, coronavirus showed us very big uh, lack of unification of legislature in European Union. So immediately after a few weeks time, completely different behavior, behavior of each national country and society in each country. A big um, decrease of the power and impact of European Union missing, completely missing unified legislature of how to handle crisis and this kind of crisis. Nobody is thinking how will the society change itself after the corona crisis. Because after corona will come or could come corona, corona and so on and so on. Maybe we are living in this kind of world for the future. And who is talking today about what to improve? We are talking about robotics, I will come later on, and so on and so on. Everything is technology and technique, yeah? But we need firstly to improve our human and citizen understanding of necessity to be unified and to handle this kind of crisis, which could be repeated uh, um, uh, together. So this is actually, according to me, the highest challenge or biggest challenge we are facing and will face. And I am afraid that the political system in each country from Hungary, we know, Poland, up to up to uh, let's say Belgium, Germany, it's so different. And until we don't understand that we need to respect completely and fully some and unify on some kind of let's say uh, leg legislature, new legislature to handle this crisis. We need to, um, we will be really very much sure. And uh, uh, because of, say, uh, some treatment of the corona, we see that uh, actually um, this system was not prepared for this. Our legislature is so sophisticated in, uh, in uh, pharmacy, in uh, testing the new. Uh, uh, medicine and so on, that it will last always at least half year or even one year until something could, uh, let's say, uh, be implemented widely, uh, I mean some medicine in the society. In this one year time, economies would, be, would collapse because this would be repeated in much heavier measure. And then coming to and influence on the labor market. We are talking, and you have raised the question, that uh, if some other institutions, some other, let's say, companies can implement, uh, can implement this kind of, let's say, uh, uh, highly sophisticated techniques and so on. 
Uh, of course, we have must understand that in highly developed uh, sectors like automotive, automotive industry, it's much easier to implement the first uh, system of, uh, let's say, uh, production and so on. It's actually not production, accessory, yeah? which is easier to robotize and so on. But also, this uh, sector is working and much easier implementing the demand for uh, educated people. But the automotive sector in Slovakia, from all the employ uh, employees, uh, employ just say, say 10%, 15% of the people. I mean, with all together, uh, maybe 20, I mean, or top suppliers and uh, connecting and so on. But 80% of the 70% at least are working in other sectors, including services. And these people are uh, with much poorer education, I would say, compared to this high. And implementation of, uh, let's say, um, education uh, ways, how you are talking about internet, uh, distance, uh, teaching, and so on and so on. I am afraid it's a very big challenge for the next 15, not 15 years uh, to go uh, and to penetrate into the, this uh, wide let's say, uh, society and structure um, of employees. So it means we really need to think, and I am afraid that also our politicians uh, on the top, uh, Mr. Prime Minister, who is talking that in case he will open the uh, just plus 2% of GDP. Okay, maybe I, I, uh, I, uh, I know about a different figure. But what about number of uh, people working uh, in uh, Slovakia, in this sector, not only show, but also as a, uh, as a uh, I don't know, uh, carpenters and so on and so on. We are talking about, about 800,000 people, even more. When we, they will lose the job for three months, it goes forever support them. No, we have to live, unfortunately, and also in the future under the scrutiny and with the, I would say, um, kind of uh, understanding that corona or other situation could happen all the time. And we need to understand that cannot all the time live from something uh, which is called, say, corona found or uh, fictive uh, money need to live with real technique, with real understanding of the people, with real understanding of the structure of the employment in each country, and present them uh, real solutions, how to build up their businesses also in the future. Thank you for the beginning. Okay, uh, you think uh, in a long term, which is uh, good because we've been talking about the business models and they need to change also for the services sector. 
as you mentioned, uh, it is a much bigger problem that uh, uh, the industry, as I perceived it well, but uh, uh, on the other hand, uh, um, uh, if we uh, look at the, the government support, uh, we need to think uh, in uh, two levels. The one is uh, the microeconomic level and uh, the, uh, another one is uh, macroeconomic level. So, of course, uh, uh, the biggest players uh, uh, need to be uh, from the macroeconomic perspective uh, saved uh, as soon as possible, uh, despite that they have uh, maybe more security uh, uh, belts uh, than, uh, than uh, the small entrepreneurs or uh, uh, even, uh, even, the, the, uh, even the individuals who are, who are uh, making an entrepreneurship. But uh, uh, I agree with you that uh, um, we should uh, uh, be concerned about everybody and uh, we should be concerned, uh, concerned about uh, the individual entrepreneurs and uh, the services sector as well. Now, the question is, uh, our panel discussion uh, is a little bit dedicated on uh, solutions uh, from the technology area, so that's why we are speaking about, uh, about, uh, uh, about the robotics, about uh, the artificial uh, intelligence, about uh, uh, the digital uh, transformation. So we need to find somehow uh, the way uh, forward, what could be um, desirable for us uh, in, let's say, not in the midterm, but uh, try to specify some measures, maybe um, uh, un until the next year, what uh, the companies or what do, what do services sector need from government uh, in order to survive. Uh, so could you, Roman, please uh, try to find out uh, uh, what would be uh, desirable from the government, uh, I don't know, in terms of uh, financial schemes, uh, support, the grants, whatever, what uh, could apply and uh, could find uh, uh, this area of, of the services sector, uh, the fertile ground? Yeah, thank you very much for this question. So, firstly, uh, of course, everybody uh, from the entrepreneurs, uh, small uh, uh, or uh, big, uh, is crying for the money. But I'm talking, this is not solution for the future. This is solution for one month, two months, and then what? Yeah. And what about in case we will live forever? So it means, uh, with the, under this scrutiny, so it means what I am talking for many, many years, that needs firstly I'm not against the digitalization of robotics and you are completely right and we are doing maximum of course depends on uh, I'm coming from chemical control so not easy uh, robotization so automotive eventually but anyway we are trying but what we need is completely change the education system and this is unfortunately, I'm, uh, I'm not talking about change the system, uh, give them uh, to the people, internet, uh, uh, sophisticated system of uh, teaching and whatever. Uh, no time to describe everything. But I'm talking to make the each child force him directly or indirectly 
to be creative, take care about himself from very, very big. And this is a uh, wrong way we are doing here in Slovakia, in other countries, because we don't understand that uh, this is the value, the value in your head and in your brain. You have to be from very beginning, every child to be donor of the values of society. And we should motivate, inspire them to take care about themselves. And here is opposite. Here we have 90% almost uh, uh, industry, uh, 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 industry influence on the so, uh, and the there are no people for uh, uh, industry nobody uh, industry is missing people and so on and government not even any government were thinking the easiest way is open the door Somebody come, bring me money, uh, and then uh, can actually work for you. And, and trade unions are collecting the same salary like uh, because we are working uh, to the society. This is not much. We need entrepreneurs. I mean, uh, from very beginning, and we, uh, I was educating my daughter like, and she is completely uh, independent and so on and so on. Working, uh, could work anywhere she wants. Never ask for one point. Even she don't know. She doesn't know where she should spend. Uh, she doesn't want even more money because she she doesn't have simply time. So realizing that what he's doing, and here, child wants to, and, uh, and also be for just time. No, no, no. The realization is the world, and this is the basic vision of every man. But we need to be creative. This we need to implement to the people, and this is the only one. Uh, uh, way how we can society. This is not about the foreign not about digital only, it's not about anything. This is about completely change of the value of the children from the very beginning, and maybe 10 years, 20 years, will be completely different. But unfortunately, the system is like this that we have almost 40 or 36 uh, universities here. And from uh, these four uh, technical universities, and uh, these four technical universities are um, bringing, uh, should bring the people and supply the people to the uh, uh, to the to the industry, which creates and also GDP of this Completely Sorry. Okay, uh, we need to it, it would be much uh, desirable to create an enabling environment also uh, with the government support uh, for uh, uh, entrepreneurs or for, or for creative uh, brains uh, in order to uh, in order to um, 
support the innovation in order to uh, be able to run the pilot projects, uh, to, des to test them uh, in, a, in a real time, let's say, I don't know, two years, maybe, maybe three years period, but uh, to bring uh, uh, the results on the table and to extract the value from the project, which will be noticed. Because uh, this is something which uh, is not very, uh, very granted for. It is not uh, very certain when uh, there are some uh, startups uh, uh, which uh, have been, which which had uh, some uh, financial support, but uh, they don't. Uh, they lack some continuity. They don't have. They don't have exactly created an environment where they can continue with their innovation, innovative ideas. But this, this uh, could be uh, something which uh, we are, this, this is uh, something which we are discussing for a long time, but uh, when it comes to the crisis, like the COVID crisis, it becomes even more urgent. And we see the results of, of the past activities, but also we may see the results, uh, what activities uh, will be adopted in the future, what uh, support schemes will be adopted in the future. So this is a really a challenge uh, for the government, also from uh, my uh, perspective, uh, to raise the funds to uh, really uh, create enabling environment for small entrepreneurs, for innovative ideas, uh, in order to bring and extract the value uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to individual companies, to the society, to the customers. And this is uh, going to be something uh, extremely needed in the near future, because uh, the companies will need to come closer uh, to the customers to identify uh, their needs uh, to uh, design uh, their thinking and their solutions uh, in accordance uh, to maybe changing demands of the customers and uh, then completely maybe um, uh, transform their business models and, uh, and their supply and change how to do so which is the operational phase this is the last one um, um, uh, what what they can do for the economy. Now, we are speaking about the robotics and uh, we heard uh, the opinions from distinguished experts, um, the chief economist of Mazars and uh, uh, the representative, the vice president of the Employment Society uh, uh, from uh, Slovakia. Now, I would like to come uh, uh, back to you, gentlemen. Uh, you both are uh, great experts in, uh, in the field of automation and uh, of uh, robotics. And uh, uh, you, Soren, you will be the last speaker because uh, you will have a presentation at the end of the end of the discussion. So we will we are looking forward to it. But uh, first of all, I would like ask you, Libor, because uh, there have been uh, quite a few indications that the ro robotics could uh, uh, improve uh, uh, the labor environment. Uh, could. Uh, uh, make enabling environment uh, for the employees which are temporarily out of their uh, of their general of their traditional work. They are working from the home office, or maybe they have uh, some uh, uh, some uh, uh, reductions in their in their salaries. But uh, they would like to come back to the work, but they don't know what to expect. Even maybe not uh, uh, the employees. Employers, uh, they, uh, they are not certain what to offer because uh, they need to uh, adopt uh, quick solutions and one of those solutions is uh, uh, to, um, uh, to implement uh, the robotics in their automation processes. So, um, 
What do you think, Lubor? Is it possible to think uh, uh, industries-wide, sectors-wide, when it comes to the robotics? We've been speaking about uh, the huge industries. We've been uh, the key uh, stones of the economy, uh, which are generating uh, the GDP contributions. We've been talking about uh, uh, the services sector. That you heard about uh, the difficulties which we are facing. This is uh, mostly. Um, related uh, to the education and uh, to uh, sustaining some uh, uh, some uh, future business models, but uh, how can we bring robotics closer uh, to the different players? Uh, if I may, I uh, give you an example, or I give uh, the audience the example of. Uh, uh, from uh, uh, from uh, the hospitals uh, from the China, but also from the Ireland, from Dublin, they introduced the robotics in an urgent state. Uh, how Corona impacted uh, the health security system? The doctors being infected, they could not uh, have uh, um, make their uh, daily duties uh, uh, to be in a close contact with the patients, uh, to make uh, the, all those necessary administrations. But this. Uh, uh, deployment of the robots in uh, the hospitals helped a lot uh, to um, make uh, all the processes uh, more efficient, uh, to uh, decrease the risks uh, uh, related uh, to the pandemics. Uh, uh, please uh, try to uh, provide us with uh, an overview what your company is offering, how we can uh, utilize the robotics not as a threat. Uh, to the employment, uh, because we are going to face uh, unemployment risks, but uh, as an opportunity. Great, thank you. Uh, our company is uh, doing uh, processing text. That means uh, we are building um, software robots, which are able to respond to human via chat, email or phone. Uh, our customers are from various industries and uh, each industry uh, doing uh, automation from different point of view. Uh, for example, in Telco, uh, we can see uh, there is about uh, headcount, so it is about cost saving. Uh, but uh, also we have call centers and that call centers uh, are looking for uh, handling peaks uh, and especially uh, in current uh, situation uh, they have a lot of calls and uh, they don't have uh, enough uh, workers which are able to respond on the phones so basically they they are looking for uh, solutions which will help uh, their um, in their situation when there are peaks uh, Financial sectors is looking for quality, so they are always want to uh, increase user experience with their services, and this is again different point of view on uh, automation. And uh, technical companies are uh, looking for uh, looking. They, they are looking for. Uh, saving of time, which their uh, people can do on the repetitive tasks, tasks and uh, they, are, they want to move uh, these people to uh, work with a higher value. A higher value.
so uh, how we can help these companies? Uh, we are facing a very uh, nice situation right now uh, that companies which really need help with uh, automation, they are focusing to uh, things which have a high value and uh, companies which were just um, they, they want to know if uh, automation can help them, basically they stop all activities. So uh, currently we can see on the market uh, two kind of players. One, uh, companies which are uh, forcing to automations and another companies which uh, stop all uh, investment to automation because of uh, cash flow situation. And uh, how we can help them, uh, it, it is on two pillars. Uh, usually we are providing some, uh, uh, how to say, a consultancy model. So we are consulting with uh, them and we are looking for uh, the best solution which can fit their business model and uh, business strategy. Uh, and so this is the way how to educate the customers uh, how to implement uh, artificial intelligence to their processes. Uh, but also I would like to agree with um, Mr. Karl Lubik. We need to also change education. Um, when we are hiring people, and it is the same for uh, a whole industry of AI, uh, headhunters ask me, uh, what are you looking for? What skills you need? And basically what I need is not on the market, because uh, things what we are doing uh, are not in uh, our primary schools, uh, neither in uh, universities. Uh, so what we need is education need to change uh, mindset of students because we need open mind. We are looking for people uh, which has ability to discover new things and uh, this requires uh, changes in companies which needs to agree uh, that we can fail. Because all companies are uh, they, they don't like the failure, and this is against uh, about uh, automation and innovation and artificial intelligence. So we need to people with open mind. We need to uh, leaders with open mind, uh, because if we have fear, uh, we will never do bold steps. I completely agree with you because the failure is also the source of the information and we, if we uh, are serious about the experimenting and uh, uh, making an innovation uh, uh, by uh, utilizing uh, robotics and, uh, and other tools uh, which may uh, uh, contribute to, uh, to 
process to be successful, then uh, the failure needs to be taken into consideration too. And, uh, but uh, if uh, when it comes uh, to the practical side, uh, how uh, you could uh, imagine uh, the companies uh, would should uh, transform their educational systems uh, in a favor of uh, more open-minded and more risky-prone uh, students or, or people who are uh, your pos potential uh, employees? Uh, I, I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> but you are asking companies or uh, schools? Are you, are you are we discussing uh, uh, the um, uh, not uh, changing the skills because uh, you said that you don't have any specific preferences uh, for uh, for uh, for people uh, to possess the certain skills, but they should have. Uh, and um, predispositions uh, to think uh, openly and uh, to be uh, open to to, uh, uh, to more experimenting, not be afraid of the failures and so so and so forth. But are we discussing uh, what uh, Roman is uh, asking you? Is are we speaking at the level of the schools? Uh, are you looking for young candidates, the absolvents, or are we speaking uh, at the level of the companies? Oh, or are we speaking generally uh, in order to make an uh, uh, environment possible to uh, for favorable for more uh, entrepreneurship for, for more innovation and for more uh, to deployment of more robotic solutions uh, basically we discuss about uh, um, all levels and uh, what we are trying to do uh, we are uh, uh, employee uh, students from high schools or universities and uh, we are uh, including them to our teams and uh, we would like to show them uh, we are a we are able to accept failures and uh, we need uh, from you guys young guys uh, you need to do this uh, fails otherwise we will have no innova innovations uh, so, uh, on, uh, the, the reason why, we are, why, I'm, why I'm discussing it is because um, our senior uh, people in Slovakia are usually very static and uh, it takes uh, too much in our uh, company culture to change their mind. Uh, for example, it can take uh, four or five years. Uh, so we think uh, there should be something changed on education level. Uh. And I would like uh, eventually add, uh, maybe uh, this is the thing what we are talking. Uh, I was asking everybody that because I was thinking that we are discussing better schools because the company cannot anymore educate. We can educate the creativity from the beginning. Company already look uh, is looking for from the market for the creative people, creative people. And as we go to the next years, so and we want to transfer the digitalization, robotics, and uh, uh, actually everything needs creativity. Company needs 
And here we are, as a Slovak society, much behind uh, Western countries uh, in education, in, but not in education, uh, in uh, education, the creative education, um, uh, the way the, uh, how to, uh, how it's necessary for them to be proactive, for our children to be proactive. Our children in Slovakia, they can perfectly memorize and repeat what they have been taught, actually, and take one, number one, or number two, yeah. But it's tra tragic, because we need to motivate children, which are even wild, coming with the new ideas, and what teacher is talking to them. And teacher should many times follow them, actually, uh, develop what they are talking and to argue with them. Yes, for all. Not to memorize No, no, no. This should create and just bring them left or right to the correct um, rail, yeah? Uh, and with argument and with Yes, and this is what our schooling system is, uh, is from the very, very beginning. And it has to change because in case we change the, uh, uh, the, just the books, or uh, not enough yet. Uh, also, when you look, I was uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, school 50 years ago, yes, or something like this, 45, let's say, yes. But when I'm looking on they have they are they are having really the same books even but the structure of the subject almost the same 90% the same but it's tragedy yeah impossible because this is our compulsory our uh, all of us to tell to the to tell to the uh, government hey people in a little 21st century and not in 20th century at all. Sorry. In, in, yes. when, if I may, in an education system, there have been uh, some uh, changes and uh, uh, tendencies for the transformation of the education system for long term. But uh, most of the priorities of the previous government, and I think, uh, in, in a sense, it may continue, is, uh, is uh, to get rid of the unemployment of, uh, of, uh, of the absolvents uh, from secondary vocational schools uh, because uh, there was a tendency to, uh, uh, from uh, the young people uh, to gain more knowledge and uh, to come to the universities. And uh, one, of, uh, one, of, uh, one of the tools uh, the government uh, found out uh, as a solution would be to come to the dual system. But, um, here we have uh, some uh, sort of uh, certain skills which uh, need uh, to bring uh, desired results uh, in accordance uh, to the requirements of the employees. But uh, here we are facing a completely different situation. That's why we are having also this uh, discussion on virtual tech summit that uh, sometimes it, uh, the situation changes. And uh, uh, really, if uh, we, we, we need to move forward and uh, reflect on the trends and uh, uh, to be competitive also with uh, another uh, developed countries uh, in uh, in areas like robotics, we need uh, uh, to think uh, beyond uh, 
some uh, guidelines of uh, of uh, well-defined skills, but uh, uh, we try to we need to focus on the on different aspects which uh, Yulibor uh, uh, mentioned, and uh, I agree with you completely. Well, uh, we, we are sorry. Sorry. Uh, I would uh, answer your question, so how we can help our companies mm -hmm. uh, when yeah. I'm going to back. Uh, basically, we need to understand uh, the company's business models and company strategy, so we need to fully understand how the company works, and uh, that requires to have a lot of meetings with the uh, main stakeholders of that companies. And uh, I, we can see uh, there are also not very open people because they are scared. They have absolutely no idea what does it mean AI and uh, what is the impact on their job or uh, how they can um, be responsible for the goals uh, from management when they are they don't understand what will happen. So from this perspective, we really need not just open employees, but also managers on the customer side, and sometimes can have, uh, help, uh, for example, to help some uh, BOCs because uh, in Agile, um, because when we create team from uh, our experts and uh, their stakeholders, we are able to deliver uh, some very small solution for them and uh, they can see and they can understand very easily what does it mean AI and what is the benefit and uh, what are the limits. And uh, this is something very, very important to open the uh, proof of concept in these companies. Um, but the problem is that uh, proof of concept are uh, not very cheap and if there is not trust to uh, AI and there is fear, as I mentioned, it is a very big problem to transform that uh, companies and uh, their uh, digitalization, on their digitalization base. So from our point of view, uh, maybe could very help and uh, this is something what we are discussing on Slovak AI board uh, to find some funds uh, from European Union to uh, just, um, you know, uh, to cover some uh, entry point um, expense uh, to POCs and maybe these companies will be able to uh, trying that uh, artificial intelligence things and uh, it can be uh, part of uh, their education. Uh, so maybe this can be a way uh, how to help that companies. If they are scared and they have fear, uh, maybe can stay to help them uh, us, at least from a financial perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay, Libor. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, now we have uh, uh, the last speaker, Soren. Uh, finally, uh, you have a uh, floor, please. You have an interesting uh, uh, presentation uh, related uh, to the robotics and uh, how the companies uh, should uh, uh, react on the crisis, uh, how if uh, they, they need to change uh, uh, their business models. Most of the things has already been said, uh, but uh, they don't know. Uh, how to do it so and uh, they don't know what processes to introduce they don't know uh, which are the solutions uh, from the robotic side uh, they could improve their efficiencies they could uh, make their business model models more viable to the future uh, could you please uh, uh, take your floor and uh, provide us with your presentation uh, on the robotics and the solution to the companies <laughs> um. <laughs> Very quickly, I'm from Denmark, and, and it's been funny to listen to some of the discussions you guys had about education, same problem here, um, and, and uh, you know, labor crisis concerning COVID, same problem here, um, and all these things. So, so I think it's, it's 
I think I've been very close to uh, coronavirus myself, as in I've tried it personally. Not a very funny experience, uh, but it's uh, possible to get over. And uh, I think that um, just as coronavirus is possible to get over for most people, luckily, so I think is the crisis. Um, I normally run a company called Co., which uh, provides uh, business support to a lot of European uh, major companies. And what we mostly do is help them in the transformation uh, from, from, what do you say, standard labor factories to uh, more automated facilities. And um, as a spin-off of this, we uh, create, a, create a platform called How to Robot. The big question is, of course, in all of Europe, will coronavirus bring back jobs? And what kind of jobs will it bring back? So if we change the slide, or can I do that? No, we can, okay. fine. So of course, before and after the crisis, our challenges we'll face, and one of the ways forward that we see. So, next slide, please. Yeah, one of the things that we saw in Europe was uh, unemployment rates. I'll just do this, sorry. Was unemployment rates, um, labor shortage, big labor shortage, uh, historically low uh, in the industry. Um, most of the, the, the European companies couldn't meet their growth ambitions. Uh, outsourcing was getting more and more. Uh, in Denmark, as in most other countries, we've uh, outsourced major parts of our industry to, for example, countries like Poland and, and, and Hungary and whatever. And because labor shortage is so high there, um, we are actually trying to move the productions that we moved 30 years ago to countries with an even higher labor, uh, you know, even even more labor, uh, countries like China and whatever. Can you take the next slide, please? And can I change the slide myself? Okay, we also saw that rising wages was a problem. We saw wages in every country, Czech, uh, Poland, whatever, was, was going rapidly up. This is no uh, new fact for anyone, but of course, uh, we saw a lot of businesses struggling with this. We also saw businesses that, I don't know if you know that story in Slovakia, but uh, the, the story about the frog, that if you throw a frog into a pot of boiling water, it will jump up. But if you put the frog in a cup of cold water and you, um, you turn up the heat, then the frog will boil and die. And actually, we saw a lot of major international businesses do exactly the last one until suddenly they start losing money rapidly and hence again looked to relocate their production uh, to places with uh, cheaper labor. This is this was I did this presentation in Ukraine um, the 10th of March, the day before they closed down Denmark. Um, and I think two, three days ago, I did the same presentation in Romania. And at that time, these points were valid. Can you change the slide, please? Um, 
Yes. So, so of course, we show relocation of production to places where labor is cheap, as I said. Please change the slide again, please. And now we're here. And nobody has any idea how things look on the other side. We have a lot of factories shut down in Denmark, in Ukraine, Slovakia, whatever. Uh, but we also have a lot of export stops. Although that a country like Denmark, for example, still have open borders to transportation. As a, in other words, businesses should be able to get their uh, stuff. It is not the case. Because if the factory is shut down in Poland, there is nothing to ship. So we've got, we've got major factories that do not get... Uh, the, I mean, are there people there working? Uh, yes. But do they have something to assemble? No, because the factories that provided these things to assemble are from China or Poland or whatever, and they're shut down. Uh, so hence, our factories shut down. And now uh, we, we are starting to open up Denmark again. Uh, I think uh, most European countries uh, hopefully will experience this the next couple of uh, weeks. Uh, but it, it, it's so much shown us that our supply, supply chain is very, very vulnerable. And the more and the longer uh, out, we outsource these things, the more vulnerable we'll be because we can still assemble. But if we don't get the components, uh, assembly is, well, a waste of, of money, basically. Volkswagen is facing that big time. Um, so a lot of the companies that we talk to in Europe, um, is actually saying, so all right, uh, maybe starting up that uh, factory in India is a bad idea. How the hell are we going to get the same stuff produced if we move it back to uh, Slovakia, but for a lower cost? How can we re-educate the workers that we had there? How can we make sure that even with uh, rising wages, we can we can still overcome the fact that we still have to be competitive. And did we move home from home too fast? And, 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 and you know, should we have done more in the sense of getting more out of every employee? And that's a fact in Denmark, that's a fact in Poland, and that's a fact in all the countries that we operate in. Um, and of course, Yes, uh, I mean, uh, what do we hear clients say? We hear, that, you know, we, we, maybe robots and automation is a good idea. I totally agree with, uh, I don't know if I say this correctly, Liber, uh, about automation when it comes to, for example, RPA as a uh, non-physical robots. That's a big thing, and it's definitely going to be a big thing uh, further on. But maybe RPA is not the big issue when it comes to outsourced industries. RPA is, is more valid on, for example, in Denmark, we use it for handling of tax things or, you know, clerk work. So how do we get our industries back to closer to us, but at the same cost as moving them to a different country with lower risk and less crowded? Well, the three things we always say is why do we automate? Well, Try to do risk reduction, reduce dependency on employees. Uh, we 
will try to improve competitiveness and it will hopefully give us a strategic advantage. That's the reasons why every people or every company is looking at automation. But the problem is, of course, that when it's been easier just to hire four more guys in China, then we've looked at these things and said, yes, it's cool, but I'll, I'll, I'll hire four more guys. I think Corona uh, will be one of the drivers that makes us rethink this. It's not just something I think, it's, the, it's what we hear from factories all over the world, is this is maybe a chance of not outsourcing. This is a chance of thinking education. Let's move in a bit more technology, but technology we know works. Uh, let's screen and help our local industry in uh, being successful in uh, adapting technology and let's re-educate our workers to uh, you know to accomplish uh, these tasks and uh, that's one of the big things we hear and i think that's one of the big positive things maybe the corona crisis will uh, give us next slide please but of course there are challenges um, the classic robot market is the problem. It's uh, very immature, it's very non-transparent and inaccessible. And, and, and just a few examples on that, most of the robotic deals that we see today in Europe are done no more than 100 kilometers from where the buyer is. In other words, we trade very local when it comes to technology, which is of course is great, but it's it, you know, for a, 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 a Slovakia factory, the, 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 the quick way to a welding robot is perhaps not 100 kilometers away. It might be in the Czech Republic. Or for a Czech Republic uh, factory, the closest uh, company, a technology company with a good solution is perhaps not in Czech. It's perhaps in Slovakia or in Germany or whatever. So that's the problem. Problem is again, uh, as I was said, on, on AI as well, it's a very innovation-driven market, which is fine. Um, but innovation is good, but we need some more solid ground to stand on if we need to take our industry back home. There's a large technology love, which means that we love all the things that we can buy, but we need to make sure that they also work in our own production. These are very, very, I mean, 60 to 80 percent of the implementations that we see uh, doesn't go as planned because they bought the technology because they thought it was interesting they didn't buy the technology because that was what they needed uh, we also see the customers ah uh, back once <laughs> we also see it's difficult for customers to find their potential and it's difficult to get a market overview so even though robotics and automation is a good idea, uh, we see too high investments because things go wrong. We see too many failing underperforming installations. In other words, we see a waste of money and then we send things to China. So next uh, slide, please. Yeah. So one of the reasons why we did How to Robot uh, was to try to overcome that. We tried to do a digital robot hub that customers uh, could access to get an overview of a market that currently is very closed. And they can see that locally. Next slide, please. It's a tool where you can see 
uh, you can find knowledge. You can find tools to uh, find your company's uh, robot potential. You can find insights on how to do this and that with automation. Uh, in other words, if I'm looking for mobile robots, before I go out and buy stuff, what is the good manual? How do I start? A robot marketplace, buy and sell used robots. Very, very important because there is no, no such a thing today. And there is a directory, uh, currently the only one in the world, where you can actually find about 10,000 robotic companies sorted in what categories you might need. In other words, welding, assembly, whatever. That should make the local robotic uh, buyer uh, put him in a situation where he doesn't have to get the local company to invent everything from scratch, but I can actually look a little further abroad and see uh, if there is uh, possible solutions ready-made and ready to rock. Uh, close to him. Next slide, please. Uh, so the directory, next, next slide, yeah. Gives you an idea of, uh, this is just a European map, but it gives you an idea of the entire world map of suppliers, all the different suppliers there is, sorted on countries, sorted on um, what kind of robotic and automation solutions they supply. Next slide, please. And then there's insights, articles, white papers, guidelines, and insights for manufacturers. In other words, before you start your journey, what should you look for? There's a lot of local stuff on this, uh, but it's very biased because it's very manufacturer-made. It's made by the robotic producers. And of course, they are in a selling position, so we are trying to do this in a neutral position. Yeah? Next slide, please. Yeah, and next slide. There's white papers. How do I carry out my own automation screening? How do I find out if my factory in, my, in the chemical business, what can I do? What would be interesting for a chemical factory in what kind of solutions exist on the market? What should I look for? What kind of processes are stupid? And which ones can I you know, uh, with an advantage, uh, automate. Next slide, please. And then there's, a, again, the robot potential finder. This is a tool that helps the companies map out the production floor, map out what will help them and how to, how to, how to use this. I think you, again, Library, uh, mentioned it uh, using AI. Same tool here with physical automation. Um, where could, in, in your world, where could my company with advantage use AI? This tool is, uh, is the same with uh, physical robots. Where in my factory, looking at quality, whatever, try to take the next slide, please. Uh, where, you know, where can I map out my factory? This is just the end result of the tool, but it will map out the different processes and say, where is the biggest potential? Where is the highest risk? What kind of processes in my factory is easy to automate and which processes are <laughs> give me a very bad result. Next slide, please. And then there's a marketplace. It's an, uh, you know, our first try to matchmake buyers and sellers in a world of robotics 
where it's difficult to find who's providing what for who. Next slide, please. So there's a catalog of robotic solutions, there's a used robot market, and you can do your own tender. So if you want to ask your local or English market for um, what kind of uh, assembly robotic solutions would exist for your business, you can do it here. Um, yes, it's parts of the marketplace. Uh, so just in the presentation here, yeah, just just end it. That's fine. Um, end end presentation, please. Can you can you shut the presentation now? Take it down. So anyway, so what we're trying to achieve here, this is our first draft. We took all the things that we learned from helping big and smaller businesses in automation. And we're trying to do a generic tool that works in Denmark, that works in Slovakia, that works everywhere. Um, we just launched it, but we've used it internally for 100 companies um, for, for years. And this is our first try. And, and how to robot for us is a way to reach out to local uh, business associations, uh, local um, governments, to try to make this conversion uh, into automation easier to share knowledge and to provide information. So we're not, we don't think that we know the whole stuff, uh, but we're trying to create a platform that will uh, enable this transformation. That was, I think, my presentation uh, here. Okay, so thank you very much. A very interesting trans transformation. Uh, uh, on the on the platform uh, robot marketplace which is uh, basically a one-stop shop uh, for the robots in order to um, uh, overcome the gap uh, between uh, the decisions uh, whether to invest uh, uh, the capital in uh, buying uh, the robots or in a uh, uh, transforming uh, the company's uh, business models in a favor of uh, more automation and uh, more robotics. Now, uh, how about uh, advisory services? Is it uh, an uh, legal advice or you said uh, it perfectly, perfectly works in many countries? Uh, you mentioned several. Is it uh, uh, something which uh, we can expect in the near future or? No, we, as I said, uh, How to Robot is built on top of Gain & Co, which is uh, a, a consultancy company. Uh, and, and, and we work locally with the different factories. We do standard robotic contracts in the EU and whatever, but we would normally uh, work in, for example, out of Slovakia. We would, we would provide services with the help of local uh, business associations or with the help of local knowledge in terms of I don't know, massage, for example, because uh, because the, 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 the factories, primarily larger factories, have a big business impact in their area. In other words, it's a joint force operation. But we, for example, a company like Siemens that have factories all over the world uh, is a company that we, we help in different markets automate. So a calculation that works in Germany does not work the same way in Slovakia. It's different price indexes, different labor, whatever, whatever. But working with local organizations like, uh, you know, local business associations, we're able to create business cases and investments that actually 
works long term. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now uh, we are coming to the uh, uh, very end of our panel discussion, but uh, I would like to maybe raise or summarize uh, uh, remarks, final remarks, or if you have any questions uh, among uh, you, the panelists, uh, you may ask as well. Uh, it is uh, it is an interesting opportunity because we are having a small working group now here. In a, all by that, I'm sitting in the studio at Obchodna ulica in Bratislava, and you are in a different location, but this is it. Uh, we are uh, in a digital transformation, uh, online streaming, and uh, I hope you enjoy uh, your locations, but uh, we don't have time to um, introduce them. So. Um, uh, if I may, I, I just uh, very briefly summarize because uh, we've been discussing uh, different, uh, many, many uh, points of view uh, uh, of uh, this uh, uh, difficult uh, theme, uh, topic uh, which uh, may have a real impact on the transformation of the companies. Uh, may have, uh, and I hope so, uh, the impact on the on uh, re, uh, serve as a recommendation for the government uh, where to invest uh, money, how to open uh, the economy uh, in a favor of uh, channeling the funds in a favor of uh, uh, more innovation and uh, uh, and uh, uh, reflecting on on these trends, but. Uh, I, I have to uh, say that uh, we all agreed upon that uh, uh, this is, uh, we are not speaking about some uh, gradual process. We are really speaking in a real time, uh, all by the virtual, but in a real situation. And uh, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we all try to find uh, uh, a way how to handle uh, the de deficiency in the education system. So. Um, if uh, uh, you, Soren, offered a, uh, an opportunity through your platform uh, to change the business models uh, from outsourcing to more localized solutions, which is one step forward maybe to introducing or deploy deployment of, of the robotics, uh, of the automation of the processes, making uh, the companies more efficient. If Libor offered, uh, uh, offered uh, also uh, a market opportunity for um, mm, for uh, uh, very talented and uh, very open uh, uh, em potential employees or co collaboratives uh, uh, to work on on the, the common themes of the robotics, but uh, uh, really to cultivate uh, the environment uh, uh, together because uh, this is uh, this is a very complex thing. We cannot uh, speak one thing uh, instead of another. Martin, he mentioned uh, uh, very concrete uh, economic uh, risks and uh, opportunities uh, where could uh, maybe these uh, uh, solutions be implemented, but uh, uh, we need to uh, speak a little bit, a little bit uh, longer and more about uh, these solutions. And you, Roman, you tried to articulate uh, the requirements uh, from uh, uh, from the perspective of the employees. Uh, so I think we are on the on the right track. But uh, uh, let's see how um, the things are going to develop. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed the discussions and you enjoyed all those previous panel discussions. This is the first round of the virtual tech summit, and it is my. This is this is my grand thanks uh, uh, to to the tech summit events and to the future proof. They made uh, it uh, really in a short time with uh, uh, very limited resources uh, operational, 
and they uh, took a lead in order to show that uh, the digital transformation is possible even at the level of the uh, entrepreneurship and uh, to keep uh, the community uh, together and to integrate, integrate the community with uh, the topic specific and uh, trendy uh, issues which could have a, re a real impact on the on the, on the problems vis-a-vis uh, -vis the corona crisis now we are facing. So uh, thank you very much again. And uh, last but not least, I would like to invite you all to share with us uh, uh, your thoughts. And uh, of course, uh, if you have uh, any ideas uh, how to improve the organization or how to contribute, uh, we are very open to, to your ideas. And uh, we also created a LinkedIn group for you. Uh, I'm going to try now to find uh, the link because I cannot see on the screen. And uh, we made a good progress because we um, we raised uh, more than uh, 500 people uh, to be uh, our followers on uh, or uh, to be participants in this LinkedIn group, coronavirus. And uh, uh, so uh, the web address is uh, LinkedIn.com. Uh, slash uh, group slash one two three eight four six nine six slash so if you would like to join us uh, you can watch all those uh, live streams uh, all those videos which are also available on on youtube and uh, you can keep in touch with all those experts and uh, the communities because uh, this is uh, the basic idea of our virtual tech summit and the tech summits to keep the expert community and uh, uh, the government uh, public representative together to uh, make uh, an innovation and uh, all uh, the digital transformation uh, possible uh, as fast as, as soon as possible and uh, not uh, to be that much reliant on the external support but we can do it as a community. Okay, so uh, have a nice evening and uh, see you, uh, hopefully see you on some other uh, Tech Summit events.